So today I'm joined with Tatir Kaur from I'm With Periods. Benji, I'm going to hand it over to you to introduce yourself and your Sikhi journey. Yeah. Hi, y'all. Sasrikal. Mera naam Tatir Kaur hai. I'm based physically here in Halifax, Canada, which is on Mi'kmaq Treaty Territories. And I'm the founder of an organization called I'm With Periods, which aims to spread the worldwide love of periods. And in terms of my Sikhi journey, it started when I was quite young. My mom is a avid goer of Gardwaras and she has her crew and she's been with them for a while. So growing up, uh, especially after my parents separated and I went to live with my mom when I was about eight or nine, every weekend we would go to the Gardwara and I would you know, get up, ask for Prashad several times, listen to the music, chime in when I could. Sometimes I would muster up the courage to go play some music as well and help with the langar. That's always been one of my favorite parts of Sikhi's, the sharing and the food. So I started to gain these principles of langar, seva, sangat, Uh, and community when I was quite young and then went off to university. Uh, I was born and raised on Coast Salish territories in a small town uh, called Maple Ridge. I was born in Burnaby but grew up in Maple Ridge, Canada and I moved across the country to Halifax primarily because there was quite a bit of violence in my home and I thought moving across the country would help and I felt quite disconnected from Sikhism at that time and the way that I've been practicing it because the community here at that time was so small. Uh, there is even now our Gordara is under construction. So there's not necessarily space where we can all go. And I found it again through saying, okay, if this is a situation, what can I do to you know, engage in a bit more self-referral and find the key in my own way. And I started to read feminist Sikh scriptures, primarily one scholar named Dr. Nikki Gunindar Kaur Singh, who's based at Colby University in Maine, USA. And she wrote this amazing book called The Birth of the Khalsa, A Feminist Rememory of Sikh Identity. And it was through Dr. Gunandar Gaur's work that I learned how I can engage in my own practice of Sikhi through things like feminism, which are important to me. And in this process, just in the last few years, I made the decision to come off the birth control pill for my mental health. And in that, I went through you know, a spiritual journey Uh, a journey with my own body and I started to get real nerdy about periods and be excited to talk to people about it and wondering why they've been you know we don't really talk about them as much and starting to see the body itself as a temple a gardwara in its own way our own bodies and yeah all of that sort of culminated to where I'm at now which is practicing Sikhi through feminist principles, through ways of um, our ancestors by, yes, engaging still in Lunger 
and noticing the rhythms and cycles of the body and being in relationship to land and starting to decolonize our relationship with land and food. And then with Seva, I do I'm with periods work. It's sort of when I get to put my cape on and, uh, you know, be a superwoman. And that has been really important for my journey, just continuing to be of service. Um, and then with Sangat, that's something that I'm learning to create as a community. And we've been doing it by moving across borders through I'm with periods and what you're doing with Sikhi class as well as using these new tools that we have uh, to be able to spread the messages of Sikhism, which are, you know, in our pre-call, very universal, like anyone is most welcome to join them. And they're very, in my view, um, Sikhi is a way of understanding that like we are being in relation to the land and so is everybody else and through love and compassion and you know pleasure and bog which is what I love to talk about we can keep this planet healthy and well yeah so those are some thoughts I have on that amazing question that you just asked no I love that you brought up so much there um, and so many good points. Um, and I think as a kid, your favorite part of going to the Gurdwara side was the Bashad. So <laughs> I'm glad that you also brought that up. Um, and it's so lovely to see that your journey kind of started or restarted with reading all this literature about Sikhi and how you brought up about how Sikhi sort of empowers women. I think that's such a common pattern uh, amongst many cause. Um, we all kind of find that Sikhi is so empowering of women and it's something that this world lacks. So to find a common ground, which is Sikhi that can help us see that men and women are equal, but also empowering women uh, as well. It, it's something so beautiful that we've both found free Sikhi. So it's so nice to be able to relate with you um, about that. Um, let's talk a bit more about I'm with periods. So the obvious first question is why did you start I'm with periods? Uh, when did you start I'm with periods? Yeah. Oh, so exciting. I'm so grateful to share with you all. Honestly, I've just been like at home by myself typing away at my computer. So it's so lovely just to chat about this topic. In um, 2017, as I mentioned, I came off the birth control pill because of the impact it was having on my mental health, which I didn't quite realize until I hit a bit of a, and by a bit, I mean a massive breaking point. And I came off, took my last pill, and I ended up going to India with my sister for a month and just being with the land there and feeling nourished and it was amazing and I came back with a strong desire to teach folks how to track our menstrual cycles and you'll hear me use the Punjabi word mawari which is really common in many South Asian languages to mean menstruation and by menstruation and menstrual cycles I mean the full cycle so from one period to the next period so however many days that is for you all and I came back uh, I learned about something called charting or the fertility awareness method which is when we track the three fertile signs in our body our body temperature 
our cervical fluid texture. And if you want to get like super, super nerdy and into your body, our cervical position. And every day these three things change and they actually form a pattern every cycle. So our body temperature and when we get our period, it's a little bit lower after we ovulate ovulate and release an egg it goes up and we can actually track that and use it as a form of natural birth control and same with our cervical fluid so when it's um i like to call them the four seasons of mawari or four seasons of menstrual cycles so in winter or periods you know we're bleeding that one's pretty obvious. And then we go into spring or pre-ovulation. And at that time, our cervical fluid might be, you know, um, you might notice it a bit more on your underwear. It's like more of a fluid, like gorgeous, um, almost like an egg white type consistency. And it'll continue like that until we ovulate. So we can track that, notice what's going on. And after we ovulate cervical fluid, um, it kind of switches and uh, gets a little bit more dry. We don't notice it as much. And that's like really embodied. And then our mind and our spirit go through similar uh, different changes through those four seasons. So I started to learn about fertility awareness, learn how to manage my own fertility in my own body, like beyond that, um, just, you know, my health, I feel like periods and menstrual cycles, Mawadi goes way beyond just the notion of reproduction uh, in the traditional sense. It's also like reproducing our own health and wellness, our spiritual growth, our personal transformation. It's good for so many things. And I was just so shocked that I would never learned these things before, even after, you know, doing a biology degree and all this stuff. And I, uh, as you can imagine, got super passionate about it. I was like, I need to tell everyone and teach everyone. And I feel like it's so important to be passed down. And it's been a knowledge that has that actually started in India, um, this notion of charting and learning to live in those four seasons and, you know, all around the world, but there's been documentation super early within South Asia. And then it has been lost over the last few years. And I feel like we can revitalize it and use it for our own self-care and our own form of self-love. And it's, definitely changed my whole life so that's where the desire comes from that's where it started and it's great fun every day to be able to share this message and I've seen on your Instagram account quite a lot that you've linked Sikhi with periods but also you've spoken about other religions and periods as well but let's start with Sikhi first so when did you start studying about Sikhi and the link between that and and periods Mm -hmm. yeah it's come up it came up primarily through reading the birth of the Khalsa and I read I was reading the book for looking for information about Mawari and periods within Sikhism. And from my reading, which is Nikki Gunandarkar's reading and translation and her um, lineage of scholars, which is that Sikhism, you know, when it was formed, the intention was to 
create a space in which people could feel equal across the gender spectrum, across religious spectrums, across the spectrum of sexuality, could feel respected in their dignity. Um, there was so much violence at the time. And so the notion was how do we create this space of safety and how do we join in communion with each other? And one of the main sort of scripts that was flipped culturally within Sikhism when it started, uh, according to my reading, was madly falling in love with periods and seeing periods and Mawari cycles and uh, that whole process within the body that is more on the female side of the spectrum, seeing that as a really important aspect of our world. It's something that allows folks who bleed and get their periods to be able to know when to take radical rest and therefore share that with our families and have society as a whole take radical rest, which as we know is so important to our survival as a species. So essentially in Sikhi, periods and Mawari are seen as very important sacred aspects of our world. And that is something that I would like to revitalize. And we see that in many religious contexts. However, over time, things like patriarchy or this incessant domination over females just creeps up and creates these conditions. So now, you know, in 2019, for example, there was a massive, massive protest in India. Women, uh, femmes, females, non-binary folks, so many people who bleed formed a, I think it was around 500 kilometer human wall holding hands to protest their exclusion from sacred sites based on their period. So in, you know, the custom based on these years of the original principles being lost, maybe say in a Gardwara people typically are asked to stay home if they're on their period, which comes from the notion that we should be resting. However, it has been turned into something that's a place of control. And so now we're seeing a resurgence and revitalization of this knowledge um, within Sikhism. And there are massive moves being made. For example, in the UK, in Shepherd's Bush, there's a Gardwara who now has like an amazing period policy. They have uh, period products in their bathrooms, uh, potentially even reusable ones. They are doing education around periods and Mawadi cycles. So yeah, it's all good stuff. We're starting to come back to those original teachings around falling in love with periods and treating them with respect as well as the full menstrual cycle. Love that. I feel like it's so common now for people to get maybe confused with how periods should be treat, uh, treated. Um, a lot of religions actually see that you shouldn't pray while you're on your period. And that was actually something that I was going to ask you. Have you looked into other religions when it comes to periods and like, how can you make the link? Because I feel like a lot of women that are sick feel as though they can't pray when they're on their period because they're not clean. What's your take on that? Yeah, I feel like, again, this has been something that's been mutated and transformed the messaging just for women in general, like in all respects, whether that's advertising for like 
sex toys to the most like conservative religious doctrine. There's just always all these rules. So my principle is do what y'all want to do. <laughs> do what your body feels like doing. And yeah, do you. I definitely pray and meditate my whole cycle. The Maybe the shift could be that as I'm, there's those four seasons. So potentially in each of those seasons, I sort of take a different approach. Um, for example, during my period, uh, menstrual winter, mawari winter, it might be more inner work and journaling and taking rest, whereas closer to ovulation, my prayer and meditation might look like visualizing intensely like decolonial futures and sustainable futures where I'm exerting a lot of energy because I have the capacity to. And what I've read, including in some folks, some um, indigenous Coast Salish nations on the West Coast where I grew up, some of the folklore and what I've heard for uh, many South Asian religions, let's say Islam, Sikhi, Buddhism, uh, and different sects of Hinduism, I've read that the folklore is that um, folks who get their period at that time, there's so much, like we are just channels for amazing creative potential. And so typically that would be a time of going out and meditating on one's own. Like you just would go be in our special place wherever we wanna go, whether that's the forest, whether that's our cozy bed, like wherever and spend that solo time. And then through, institutions like like forced marriages or patriarchy just around the world again that kind of got mutated into a place of control um, so my perspective is y'all should do what you want I mean if you want to go out and be amongst the people on your period that's totally cool if you want to stay at home and pray by yourself that's totally cool uh, I think we can make choices about how we would like to read and interpret the scripture based on our own bodies and values yeah that's probably the perfect way to put it as well <laughs> so blunt but so straight to the point just do what you feel like is best for yourself and your body and you probably have received so many different opinions or reactions from women who may be sick and do get their periods do you have any experience of like talking to a woman who's, who's sick and talking to you about their periods or you know, how's that side of things been? Yeah, it's been really lovely. For the most part, I feel that people are just so excited that I'm bringing it up out loud that usually I just have to even like briefly mention that I'm interested in it. And most people will just tell me their whole life story and their whole period story, which I love. I love receiving them. So I think folks are just really excited to have a place safe place where they feel like they can tell me anything in confidentiality and I can share resources at this point in the field. I've really nerded out. So I feel like I know um, where people are different uh, resources that people can access based on what's going on in their own body and their own spirit and their own mind. Um, yeah. So it's been really, really great super supportive community I'm so so grateful to have everyone be into it because I even last year in 2020 we published a book called self-care down there and 
it was so funny, like leading up to it, I was just so terrified. And especially with the COVID vaccine, I've been getting a lot of messages on Instagram, just people asking for resources or having being being comfortable sharing what's been going on for them as a result of the whole pandemic in general. And um, now as we all kind of get more vaccinated and all of that as well. As a South Asian woman speaking about periods, it's such a taboo topic in our culture. How has that been for you? I will say that uh, before the book launch, I was freaked out that people would be upset and they weren't. Everyone's been super supportive. So I'm very pleased that it's been overwhelmingly positive reception. And you briefly brought up the word Borg before. And just for anyone that doesn't know what it means or why it's important to you, do you want to go into that a little bit more? Yeah, definitely. And I'll just say right now that I am like super liberal with interpretations of Sikhism. I have just like made it my own. But from reading Nikki's work, some of the quotes around Borg, which is a practice, let's say in a gardora that typically happens like at the end of a big prayer session, we like put away the Guru Granth and it gets all wrapped up in a nice bow and um, you can like enjoy the ceremony of it. And typically we might have Prashad after. And so with Bog, it's been written as like a culmination of pleasure in some ways and so I see it as that I see Pog as almost synonymous not necessarily with pleasure in the sense of like excess but pleasure in the sense of finding the joy and love in life and what do you feel like your aim is with your page and with I'm with periods who's normally your target and also let's talk a little bit more about your book too because that is obviously a massive achievement so congratulations for that yeah definitely so the intention of the page is to spread the worldwide love of periods and with social media as you can imagine there's a lot of intensity and pressure that we sometimes put on ourselves. So the way that I've been approaching it now, sort of writing affirmations to my own self, like previous versions of myself. So right now we're spreading the worldwide love of periods and I'm also using it as a way to just unfold in my own way and engage in a creative practice. And the book Self-Care Down There came out last year with Simon & Schuster. And it's basically a guidebook, starting with the breakdown of the body and being able to start to connect different parts of our body with our spiritual centers, with our spiritual practice, starting to notice how our mental health, our hormonal health, our period health, our mawadi health is all interrelated. And I break that down so it's really easy and digestible. I've taken a lot of the scientific research and broken it down and written it in a way that you can read super gently in your own head, in your own voice, and taking the reader through the ability to tap into that power of Mawadi. It's like 
a major energetic center. One of the seven chakras is our sacral churches down there and our root even, and be able to heal a lot of the trauma that we might be holding in our body that has been passed down to us through things like menstrual cycles, like childbirth, all of that intergenerational trauma, being able to heal that, heal any traumas that we might've experienced in our own life in relation to periods um, or our sexual and pelvic health so that we can live our most abundant, amazing life. And I feel that all of that is connected to Sikhi in the sense that for me, that's like one of the main tenets of Sikhi is that we can engage in self-love and that self-love can radiate. It can radiate out to the people that we work with, to the people listening to this podcast. And I feel like as more and more folks with periods start to fall in love with them and we start to learn these cycles, the more that we can cycle into abundance, uh, the more we can heal that intergenerational trauma that's been passed down, particularly in South Asia, particularly due to things like partition and, you know, many acts before and after that, that have been kind of captured into our bodies and passed down by our, grand our grandparents and parents. And I feel like this is the generation where we're going to just do a whole bunch of healing for our own selves and for the planet. And I strongly feel that our periods are a huge part of that and how we relate to them is a huge part of how we relate to our own selves. Yeah. I honestly do love that you've started this um, because I feel like it's, as I said, something that no one really talks about. There's never really been that safe space and it's such a taboo topic. Like you grow up as, as a brown girl and anyone could relate to the fact that it's not really spoken about, not at home or like in Goddard Asayabs. And it's obviously something that's so important. And the only time you really hear about it is at school. And I feel like there should be more safe spaces for brown women who are experiencing their periods and want to know more about it and how they can link it to Sikki. So I love what you're doing. And I'm so glad that you've created this page. And when I came across it, I was so intrigued. Um, I think me and my whole team were sat there for a while, just looking through everything that you've written about. Um, and it's actually incredible. And you actually have a blog as well, if I'm not mistaken. I do. Yeah. In the blog, I get to, um, first of all, thank you so much for those kind words and that you all read through and, really digested it because I truly feel like I'm channeling it from my heart like it's yes I have my day job but I do that but this feels like it's something bigger and even beyond me so the fact that you all engaged and resonated with it is amazing and I do write a blog I update it about once a month I usually have a new article out and it's sort of musings on how we can tap into periods and menstrual cycles, fall in love with them, start to chart them and understand them and sort of cycle that up to the point where our communities operate on these four seasons to the point where our government's policies moves towards decolonization, moves towards sustainability, start to operate on these four seasons, just as they have in the past. Like that was 
a thing. This has been a thing. And the great thing is that now we can do it with so much more choice and agency as well. And seeing it beyond, as I said, about reproduction, like that's one aspect and one important part of peer is however there's so much more beyond that and I hear you on it not being talked about I feel like maybe some of it was lost in translation or slash awkwardness and mostly what I learned at home was how to use a pad and how to you know prevent pain or manage pain and then in school I felt like all my knowledge was very um male centric like anytime the female end of the spectrum in terms of organs and all of that was talked about it was usually in relation to the male side if you know what i mean like you need to know this so that this doesn't happen and i feel like all that messaging layers on to us so now what we can do is start to shed some of that, shed some of those limiting beliefs that have been passed down to us, learn and educate ourselves and, you know, engage in this process of self-study of learning our own periods because each one, each menstrual cycle is like a unique fingerprint. And yeah, I love it. Reach out. I would love to hear from you all. Please um, message me on Instagram or reach out by email share feel free to share your period stories or any questions that you all have i would love to share what i can of course and i will pop the link to your book in the description as well um but honestly it's been, it's been so nice to have you on this podcast and talk to you benji and hear more about i'm with periods and how you can link periods to sikki um would you like to leave the the listeners with any last thoughts and obviously how they can contact you yeah i would love to my final words are just thank you Uh, thank you all so much for listening up until this point and being open to this new slash old way of um, viewing our bodies and our mind and spirit as understood through periods and yeah y'all can reach out on instagram my handle is at I'm with periods. That's the letter I, the letter M with periods. And that'll link you to our page and link tree. And we also have a website, I'm with periods.com and all the info is on there. And I look forward to hearing from you all.